Amore. It's, it is for Amaretto. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Gray. You can't drink. You got a show to do. Oh, right. Hi, everyone. We're started. Scoot on in. Get a little closer. Scooch it, scooch. Scooch on. Um, I don't want to start this episode with me attacking our guest, but I'm doing it. We're right into the roast. I can't wait. Listen. <laughs> the whole goal of this show, I yes. feel like I'm very Besides busy. Tony. I'm talking into my microphone the whole way. Besides Tony Shalhoub coming on the show, <gasps> that's the goal. That's mm-hmm. the real goal. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. my God. I want it to happen. Speaking of Tony's, what a good segue that will be when I'm done talking about what I'm going to talk about. For sure. When am I going to get attacked? It is happening now. Oh, five, six, seven, eight. You can You can keep your Tony nomination and your millions of fans... I am substitute teaching some music classes at preschool to, uh, these days, oh. and when I enter a room, they are screaming, Mr. David, Mr. David. Oh I bet. God. And I've okay. never felt more appreciated. Like you a rock star. Should. How was that attack on me? Because because you're the... I mean, because... we I do not have millions of fans, first of all. You have at least 44,000 fans. Oh, just a bunch of tweens in the middle of nowhere. And also apparently Going a hashtag give Gray the Tony, which I love. Was that oh, a thing? That. Oh, yeah. Well, it was at least like four or five times. Oh. Um, but in case you haven't put it two and two together, <laughs> speaking of Tonys, our guest is Gray Henson. Hi. Tony nominee, nominated. Yeah. Nominated. It's passed. It However happened. Right? Was, it happened. It's um, passed. It didn't, it didn't go my way. Whatever. Who did? Do you know? What? Do who you won? Know who won it? Yeah, I've never seen a Tony. Oh, oh really? I no. Ariel Stachel won from the band's visit. Oh, the band's visit won everything that night. Which was? Have you seen it? It's a beautiful show. Um, I um, that's awkward for me. No, no, not at all. I haven't seen it. I haven't, but I want Tony Chaloub to think that I've seen it. Oh, oh right, 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 right. So right. when I meet him, I will just have to have asked someone else about the show, so I can be like, Tony, I love that part in the band's visit when you. He's not in the show anymore. Well, he's not anymore. Yeah. Because he's got to go back to Mrs. Maisel land. Oh, right. Um, which is good. Good for him. Hi, Gray. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. Long uh, time no see. A very long time to see. Gray and I went to school together. I know. And this is fun for me. This is like, I'm excited. You know what's going to be yeah. even more fun for you? Two college buddies. Look, oh, my God. Okay. There well, we are. There's proof. What's on the YouTube there? <laughs> in 2012, oh um, we did a roast at Carnegie Mellon. Um, and we made like a five minute video at the beginning <laughs> of it, like an intro video where we systematically killed off all of our classmates. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my, that was really fun though, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun to do. We were up till like two in the morning. Very early early. In the, Those are the common. best projects We oh. somehow for your own artistic fulfillment. Yes. Well, and like it was Corey Cott and I hosting <laughs> the roast. Right. Nice. Oh, right. And we... Corey, something i think is very similar about cory cotton and i is that we're not well maybe he'll correct me on this but i don't think either of us are very big planners we're just kind of like oh yeah we, uh, let's do this thing so we were like oh we got to make a video for the roast opening and then we were just like all right everyone into this studio we got, we got meet us at time year, year so like we had things that we wanted to do we had other morning. stuff going yeah. on right. um gray hi gray Greg, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear every word. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a successful person? Um, uh, yeah, I guess it it depends on what you 
say success is. Well, then know? what do you say success is? I don't know. I think I I think textbook success. Yeah, that's I have been successful so far in the industry I've chosen to pursue. Mm. But um, I think success is way more than just a a big resume. You know, it's. What happened? Did something happen? I don't know. Something happened. Um, it's definitely something that we've uh people have defined and we've discussed. I think something we've boiled it down to is there are definitely different kinds of success, right? There is right. like you're saying, professional success, there's levels of personal success, there's and and the thing we keep observing is that the bar moves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think I think all of it's sort of personal though. Mm. I mean I think you can say that like people, you know, I get nominated for a Tony for a role that had come so easily to me in a show that sort of luckily fell into my lap because of a different show that I did that happened because of the school I went to. Let's do all that just in case people are coming to the party late because you origin story. You are Gray Henson. Yeah. Oh, I'm originally from Georgia. And then I, um, I wanted to go to Carnegie Mellon mostly because my mom actually was like, she's, she said it's a really good drama school. And I did community theater my whole life. It's all I ever did. And so you honestly, you know, you just, you look at schools, you start pursuing places to go and CMU, I think is at the top of most people's list. It's up there. Right. Yeah. And so I went to pre-college program, which is the summer program in high school. And then you do like mock auditions. I did too. Were we in the same? You did a year, you were after your junior year. You did it when you were younger. Oh, I guess you're right. Right. I did it after my, no, you did it after your sophomore year. I did it after my sophomore year. year. Right. You did it after your junior year. So I did it the year after you. Gotcha. And yeah, you do the mock audition and, and like, you know, Don was like, you should come back and audition for the school yeah. and that was a good way you know just to get seen by the the faculty and stuff and it's such a competitive program anyway i went went there and then senior year don wadsworth one of our teachers was like you're a lot like uh rory o'malley it keeps keeps going on it, it really does, does. Go out a little i don't bit. i don't think it's fine i think it's fine right you sure i mean it's back. It's back. Yeah. I know. It comes and goes. Weird. Okay. Mm. So one of our Much teachers- Much like success. Yeah. That was too loud. Now it's uh, too loud. I hate this. All this equipment. Maybe this will be the end of season. Never. No, I bet it's still um, working. Anyway, end of senior year. Yeah. Um, Don was like, you should audition for Book of Mormon because Book of Mormon had just won all the Tony Awards that year. Right. Uh, the year before. I know. It's really loud. <laughs> I was going to check everything real fast. And maybe I'll do this. It's like adjust, like auto adjusting. Yeah, it's because my apartment's haunted. <gasps> I don't know if I mentioned Good that. To know, <laughs> um, it's probably just because it's so hot. I love hauntings. I do. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Boo. Anyway, so senior year, he said I, audition for Book of Mormon. Yeah, and he just got me. He called Rory actually and was like, "Hey, do you know if they're casting? Because Gray should play the role that you're playing, oh, Alder cool. McKinley." And it was because of that recommendation. Roy was like, oh, sure. And sent my stuff into casting directors in beginning of senior year. They called me. Book of Mormon was like, hey, fly to New York and come audition for the first national Oh, you tour. did that like before nice. we did Yeah, we were rehearsals for Good Person of Szechuan. Oh, my God. It's like the first beginning of the year. Cool. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, but just because I went to Carnegie Mellon, I got this audition. Right. You know, otherwise, I would have eventually probably auditioned for Book of Mormon because sure. I'm right for it. But to be seen so early on based on recommendation from the guy that originated and was Tony nominated for their role. Yeah. Just because he went to the same school. I remember. Do you remember when we met Josh Gad? Yes. When he was Ingrid's first class. working on it? We met Josh Gad came to visit us at CMU and it must have been sophomore year, yeah. I guess, because yeah. he came in and. I was expecting, right, every time we meet someone at Carnegie Mellon, 
that's a Carnegie Mellon alum. They're like Patrick Wilson, Zachary Quinto. They're right. like big and buff right. and like play Holly Hunter. Men. And then, yeah. yeah, right. And then Josh Gad comes in and he's Josh Gad. And you're like, oh, oh, you're so, oh, I just want to hug you. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm workshopping this like musical right now Secret that musical. The, the guys who wrote South Park did. And like, we'll see if it goes anywhere. And we were all uh. just like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's know if that goes anywhere. And then it went everywhere everywhere i love that show it's such a good show it's a phenomenal show and so when you got that audition you went you it was for the tour right yeah yeah so yeah so they opened the first national tour like a year after it had opened and that's what normally they do especially with a successful show you're like well the world needs to see it you know and like they did um anyway so then christmas break i got the call that i got book of mormon so we were i was you know senior year rehearsals started july we graduated in may it was unbelievable timing you know and that was just and I, I, you know, that's not lost on me how lucky I was to have that job right out of school. Sure. And it was a successful show. And I, you know, and I had a really fun part. And so I toured for two years. And I, when we rehearsed, I got to set it with, you know, Matt Stone and Trey Parker and Ugh. Casey Nicola, who, you know, they all won the Tonys. So they yeah. were like setting the tour on us. It wasn't just like a, you know, plug and play. Like you do this, say what he said. They let us sort of create them for ourselves, the are, roles. Are they awesome. nice? Matt and Trey. Yes, I mean okay. they're kind of awkward and a little shy. Oh, that's because even better. Well, that. because they're geniuses, yeah. you know. They really. So are. I think to they weren't like they weren't there every day, of course, because the show was already set and done. But they definitely he gave Trey had a lot to say and gave mm. us a lot of notes, and they're, they're so smart and um very cool. How yeah. was how was tour as one of your first professional um projects and experiences? as a performer that yeah. did you get to experiment a lot on the road and kind yeah. of find yourself professionally? I, it was, I always tell actors that are right out of schools to try to get on a tour. I think it's the best way to sort of the best first job, one of the best first jobs to have out of, out of college. Cause you don't have to worry about bills or anything, sure. yeah. you know, you're literally just no. a gypsy. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I hadn't, didn't live in New York. I literally came to New York just for rehearsals and then left and had a couple of suitcases and that was it post-college. So it was amazing for like, I want to say the first year. I was really enjoying it. We played awesome cities. I got paid to be a tourist. Yeah. I got yeah, to see it. so much of the country I've never seen. And and then after a while, it just gets living out of a hotel room gets a little exhausting and you don't have really an identity because you're in a new place every week or two right and it's a little soul-sucking after a while and mm. it was an amazing show and people always loved it um were but, there were there opportunities while you were on the tour where you still had people that you knew seeing the show or were, or was it largely like strangers well yeah because i'd be in cities where i didn't know people sure um well we did play la for like three months which was amazing so i got to see a lot of people there great um and a lot of opportunity was there in la obviously um i got to like work on tv for a day there because i did book of mormon cool. was that suburgatory yeah that used to be one of my favorite shows. Really? Yeah, absolutely. It was like this sort of uh, quirky sitcom on ABC. Super cute, yeah. It was very cute, very theatrical, which yes. is, I think, why... Because the producer-writer came to see Mormon, and she just gave me that part. Love it. And it was like a one-episode, like, little guest mm. moment where I played, like, this waiter that was basically gay, um, <laughs> which is another something I'll just talk about later, is just playing gay roles. Okay. But um, yes, he... Yeah, that was like LA was LA was great because I got to you know be exposed to that community. But then you know you play Des Moines, Iowa, and you play like 
Schenectady. You play right. these cities where it's like, you know, who's going to show up? Where was the worst? Call them out. Was it Des Moines? You can say The worst was. audiences were New Orleans. <gasps> and I love oh. New Orleans, but the, the worst, people... like, attendance-wise or, like, no, not they, We were always sold out, but it was the quality. They, huh. It wasn't the people on Drinking on Bourbon Street that were singing Book of Mormon. It was, like, the old Southern people oh. that were super religious. And, you know, I'm from Georgia, and, I, you know, I live in the Bible Belt. Right. But, like, even Atlanta died for the show. But New yeah. Orleans, they were not the most responsive fans. but i'm sure they love it i mean you know with book of mormon it's like you you get some rowdy crowds that are amazing oh, i bet and then every now and then you're like they're silent and they like don't get the gay jokes and the whole like the song <laughs> i sang was turn it off about yeah. like, suppressing your feelings like yeah i agree you should do that oh yeah no. yeah <laughs> bury them yeah bury all of it bury oh it. god <laughs> okay so anyway tour so yeah tour for two, two years, years and then i was like ready to leave because i wanted to just to like root myself in something and like oh, live in you, new york did you stop were you like no more tour or what no did i tour wanted stop? to and then they offered me broadway like so gotcha. within a uh, I left the tour and then the next week I was performing the same role on Broadway. Wild. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to pass up my Broadway debut, of course. Sure. And I got to move to New York and it was a show I was comfortable in. And then I just did it for a year and then I ended up doing it another year because I, you know, was just comfortable. I didn't have another job and sure. I, I was auditioning, but nothing else was really panning out. I was like, okay, well, I can stay here. But by the end of my fourth year, I was just really really drained four years i did that show for you did four the years same show for as long same as you role. were in college I, oh, that's what man. i say all the time and it was like 1600 performances right around there. Oh so like by your by your your junior year of bom like <laughs> let's just call it that yeah did you did you feel like your as far as not your success in the show but like your success as a performer was it starting to wane did you feel yeah like you were still successful because you were on broadway you i know? was on broadway but the show had already been the big success it was people it's still sold out to this day but it's not you know people in the industry still didn't know who i was so if Mm. you think success is making your mark and and being in the public's eye i wasn't really i was just playing a role that had been originated by somebody else you know and so as much as i was um you know i was financially stable and i was yeah performing on broadway eight times a week i still wasn't necessarily like super fulfilled and i think you know for me the one of the biggest because that show was amazing is amazing and it was so fun to perform but like we as creative people are meant to change it up and to have new experiences and to really evolve every day. And that's what you do in college. Like every weekend you're playing a new character in some exercise, you know? (laughs) And I was like the Beatle Bamford. I was Sam Bick in Assassins. I did these things that really stretched me. And then I go into a show and I say the same words every night for four years. And it's, it's weird because it's Book of Mormon. It was a success, you know, but I was, unhappy by the end of it and i think anyone would say that and that's not me you know dissing the show by any means it was just i was so stagnantly doing one performance well it's interesting that you say that because as in many other professions in most other professions if you're on the same job for four years and like you have studied that's job security that's you know yeah which is that's i mean that's somebody else's success some other career success but I, i guess that means that you know as an artist there are those three successes as like a person as a professional but also as a soul artist artist. you know a creative person well yeah and that's what that's how we were trained to be creative like that and And so then what happened so then well i walked away you 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 did you said i'm done yeah well they offered they they always offered me year-long contracts Uh and so by the end of my fourth year, they had offered me another contract and I talked to my agents and I was like, I really don't want to do it. I, don't, I think it's time for me to leave. And they were okay with that. You know, it wasn't like a burn or anything. And so I just walked away into unemployment mm. because I was just, I wasn't, 
I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I loved the show and I didn't want to hate my job with Book sure. of Mormon. Into so. unemployment and unemployment that is the like, I mean, essentially being in New York as an unemployed artist for the first time, right? Ever. Having yeah. gone. Well, have, enjoying the city yeah. for the first time ever, yeah. you know, outside of an eight show week, because I really didn't have a life outside of the show. Sure. Um, so yeah, it, for the first time ever, outside of college. Wild. Um, and so I felt like I was living in New York for the first time, yeah. Mm. And so um, this was 2016, mm-hmm. 2016, fall of 2016, and I walked into unemployment and... Um, I told my manager, my agents, I was like, I really want to go in for a bunch of stuff and just, I, I need to flex my audition muscles because I hadn't been doing that either. Yeah. Really? And that's such a big part of being an actor is yeah. just so being comfortable in an audition room. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of, and nothing was happening and it was uh, six months. I was sort of just living off of savings and trying to enjoy the city, but um, worried I wasn't going to get another job you know Mm. and i think for me specifically and i I think you can probably relate to this is that when you're not a very specific um cookie cutter type people don't know what to do with you and i was lucky to find elder mckinley because i i could fit that really well this sort of um unhinged like uh, homosexual person (laughs) people can easily see me in a role when i was in college don always told me i was gonna play a lot of um homeless and drug children how fun i i don't know why he would say that what a fun thing to hear probably because of that i mean that oh like, yeah that's, that's what right. i look the, like in then college. there's the youtube video yeah. i look like a scrawny the receipts are out there people odd 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 child <laughs> um okay yeah and so anyway i just um yeah i was just unemployed and then actually while i was doing um book of mormon i is it you think it's is it recording yeah, yeah it is okay <laughs> I'm gonna do this. I can see little blips. And yeah. I'm gonna do this and this and this and this is the joy of live audio. We love it. Are we touching something this one? No, no. I think it's just I genuinely think it's just hot. I think yeah. we're kind of pissed off that it's so hot. Um but I also don't want it to like get really loud again. It's so clear do. when it's like right on. When it's good, mm-hmm. it's good. When it blows, oh. it blows. Hey there I am. Hey. I found me. Yes. Yeah, hi. That's mm-hmm. good. This is the sweet again? spot, yeah. All right. So what happened after that? How did you get into well, Was it Book of Mormon homeless? Not homeless, jobless. <laughs> Basically <laughs> Was it Book of Mormon <laughs> unemployed mean girls? Mean girls? Yeah. That was it. Well, I, I did. So this is what I was going to say. While I was doing Mormon, Casey Nicola, the director, who was going to direct Mean Girls, called me up and was like, hey, come read for Damien in the first ever reading of Mean Girls. Oh. And so I was like, oh, amazing. And I was such a Tina Fey fan, and I know the movie and knew it. I grew up with it. Yeah. So I was like, Absolutely. And so I got in. Um, do you hear that? I did. Okay. So <laughs> it really may be ghosts. I don't know. It's like I bet it's. Ghosts. I know you're into haunting, so maybe you brought them out. My God. Okay. My, my house was haunted growing up. So I mean, our house was haunted in Pittsburgh. Maybe you're bringing them around. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe we're. Either way, I'm excited. I'm hot free. Ah. I'm pretty sure I'm hot free. I wish I could drink wine right now to really get the ghosts out here. Well, next time. <laughs> Um, we'll do it on a Monday. We'll record on a Monday. Sometime. Okay, good. He, um, anyway, so I, I, they had just written the first act and all the music was just demos. And so we sat around and read it for Tina Fey and her husband who Jeff, Jeff Richman yeah. wrote the music. Mm-hmm. And then Casey told me, he's like, when we actually cast this, we want to hire real teenagers. 
because we think you know they should be actually in high school and i was like oh, like hey, a 13 what? sort of thing i guess so and like so, a school of rock kind of thing right. like a school yeah well like you know yeah. high schoolers like 17 that age the people that they're actually supposed to be sure yeah and that he told me when they did the reading i was like okay well i get it i'm not gonna play the part and sure. so cut to years pass i'm uh, cut to this. Cut. i'm unemployed and homeless as you <laughs> call it well it happens <laughs> and he's uh, the auditions start happening for the lab of mean girls uh-huh. and at this point like i hadn't been going out for a lot of things and i was really like i'm not there's not going to be another role like that for me and and then at like when it rains it pours yeah. i was going in for frozen at the same time as mean girls oh, yeah. and got down to final callbacks for both at Whoa. the exact same time like one day I was auditioning for both at this and moving into a new apartment. It was crazy. Crazy. Um, and exciting, you know, because, uh, but what it was is like with, it was this role in Frozen. Um, and you'd be so good in Frozen. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but like there's this really oh, well, specific. This, it's this princess who does magic out of her hands. I want to play the princess. That's the yeah, one you would be. Definitely. That's, that's but no, it's like, you know, when you start sort of embracing your weirdness and when you start yeah. really trying yes. to embrace what is completely unique about you that nobody else can do people start like oh gosh we needed that you know yeah. and then it's celebrated we we had another guest who was saying she like ju- she's an actor and she's been on mrs mazel and stuff like that and she just like recently started realizing that like more and more of the stuff she's going out for and the more of the stuff she's interested in is just variants of her yeah and that's something yeah. i've told actors for years it's just like your job as an actor is to go into the room and I and either be exactly what they're looking for for that role, which isn't going to happen, or go in and make them go, oh, shit, no, wait, that's what we want for the role. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but you have to bring yourself to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Sell yourself. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that's what it, that's what it is. And so I started doing that and then I bring so much, so much of myself to Damien and, you know, I walked in the, for the final call and they're like, that's, that's the person that's, that's Damien. Yeah. So they tell you then in the room? No, that night I got a call. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm, nice. Um, but then, you know, that that's what, so I was unemployed for six months between Mormon and then when I found out about Mean Girls. Um, and yeah, and so then it was like, uh, in a weird way, you know, when you get a job, you feel validated sure. again because someone else gives Wants you the green you. light to say, okay, now you can act for me. Yeah. Um, and it's that's what's so tough. You know, yeah. that's what's so weird about it. And, you know, artistically speaking, because now you've the first like big contracts and experiences of your career. The first one was coming in after someone had originated the role. And then this first this next one is now you're originating your your own role. And how what's the difference between that as far as the process goes? Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, that for me was a huge bucket list moment was yeah. getting to originate a role on Broadway and be on a cast recording, you know, and do something and make my mark that way. Yeah, yes. it's it's amazing because the role was created around me. And even though it's something that's based on a movie that people knew that Tina Fey and Casey, they coming into it, they're like, we're not attached to what the movie was. We definitely want this to be its own beast. And so we were really allowed to make it our own. And that's what they did with it, you know? And yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It was a dream. Um, pretty surreal. And it was such a roller coaster that once you get on, you just have to just go with it. And then eventually, if you think too much about it, I, my head would explode throughout the whole process. Yeah. Throughout the whole opening. And then we did our out of town in DC and then we went into, um, rehearsals for broadway and then the tonys happened and then finally i feel like just now i'm getting a 
chance to breathe and think about what happened, you know? That's so great. Tell us about, you wanted to talk about gay actors, gay characters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's something that's, it's something I've been talking about a lot recently, actually, because um, it's just come up. But, um, well, I saw The Boys in the Band, mm-hmm. which is a play that's being revived right now on Broadway with a few Carnegie Mellon actors, actually. Andrew Randall's in it? Yeah, Andrew Randall's, but he didn't go to Carnegie. Andrew Randall's didn't go to Carnegie? No. But Zachary, he's Zachary still in Quinto it, right? and Matt Bowen. Wait, what? Andrew Randall's didn't go to Carnegie Mellon? Where'd he go? Um, I don't know. Hold on a sec. All right, well, go on. Tell I'm us pretty about sure he didn't. Boys in the Band. I've been saying that wrong my whole life. <laughs> Where did he go? Um, I want to say, he's like... What a face. I think he's from Nebraska. <laughs> Look at his beard. He's from Nebraska? Oh, Marymount. He went to Marymount. He went to Marymount. And also Crichton Preparatory Shout School. Shout out, Marymount. I'm going to put this fun picture up on the Instagram. Look at him. Look at his. Look at his beard. Rosie. He's I healthy. Can't, I can't make he's it glowing. Look at these rosy boys. <laughs> I really like this one. I like I like I like this moment where Gray's strangling someone with a triton and then laughs like it was Annie Heisey. Oh, it was Annie Heisey. You know you're gonna have to share this on the page. This is oh, <laughs> oh my god. I love that. That boy. was really fun. It was a blast. That's um, incredible. Uh sorry, sorry, sorry. So you saw boys in the band? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Boys in the Band basically is, talks a lot about gay shame. And oh. so it's a it's a play that takes place in like the 70s. Oh, I bet I know what's going on. Hold on. Take the black thing off your micro fast. No? No, I don't. Never mind. What was that? I was just making sure you weren't like talking into the side or whatever. Or that any of us are talking into the side. Everybody just make sure you're head on. I'm macking it. All right. Um, hello, hello. Boys in the Band has to do with... Maybe that was it. Maybe. I think. Maybe. Mm. Um, yeah. We'll just play it. Just figuring it out. I'll do it in post. It's going to be fun. Um, it's just, it's about like the, the shame a lot of gay men feel just by being gay and then growing up gay and then realizing that like you were hiding for the majority of your life and had to like overcompensate um, for that shame, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then you just sort of become a not everyone but it's just it sort of rears its ugly head when you least expect it you Mm. know and so for actors i think it's really interesting the whole argument of only gay actors should play gay roles oh sure which is uh, something that i'm Mm. i'm i talk about a lot and i don't really have a firm stance on because i think at the end of the day the best person should get the role the best person that auditions for the role should get the role and if he happens to be gay then that's amazing but a lot of people do really believe that you know the gay experience will allow you to bring more to a role that is gay than any straight actor could. It's an interesting, I've, I've thought about this, I guess not at great length, but like I've been thinking about it most recently, obviously with that, uh, the Scarlett Johansson movie where she was going to play a trans trans male. Um, and that is different, right? Because it's, Hmm. All right, that I'm thinking this out loud as we're saying it. No, please put it put it out there because I I also have. Well, so you know. that's different because I mean, at the end of the day, it's about representation, right? Is what the argument is about. Right? I think a lot of it is about representation. So, which is yeah. more important? I guess maybe that's not what it is, right? Having a gay character represented by a straight actor, or having, you know, because there's the, also Andrew Garfield. 
um right in is Andrew Garfield gay? In no 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 but He's he was played. he played a gay character in Angels in America oh yes. and then won a Tony for it right interesting I think it's it's more of an external internal thing so you mm. can't tell if somebody's gay necessarily sure by looking at them but if they're trans that's different do you know what I mean is um, it well, can you? I don't. On think... some, in some aspects, no, in some situations, in it ways, kind of depends. It's, just, it's more of a. I, I think it's a. It's a more visual thing, you know, and that's a big part of transitioning. You know, is I. I, I don't know. I think there's something to be said. The trans community also is uh, not that they're not that they're having a moment, but there uh, there is like this. There is this spotlight that is put on that community yeah. recently, so mm. I think specifically with something like that, like yes, you should find a trans actor to play because there are For trans sure. actors that sure. deserve to play a role. Like, like Pose, that. you know how they, of course, yeah, th- yeah, they are. Like that is a that is a golden moment. Right, it really is. Right, right. But th- I was reading this article. This is what interests me because I was reading about how there was some I forget the story exactly the specifics, but there was this role that was this flamboyantly gay person. And this gay actor was cast in the role and he could not get it. He just couldn't nail it. He wasn't really figuring it out and he mm. was fired. Oh. And then they auditioned this straight man who like had no sort of holdups and was just came in and nailed it and did the part and was perfect. And she was like, well, why did this openly gay man not be able to connect to this gay role? And mm. she's like, is it because of the shame that you felt for trying to push that down for so many years uh, it was almost strange for you to be like exploiting it and showing it that's true i mean if you think about i mean if, if you think about parts of yourself that you wouldn't feel comfortable displaying and putting on a stage you talked about that last week i asked yeah i asked i asked lily about it putting on a stage that you keep bringing it up no i just i think it's an interesting question i think most artists have, you know, parts of themselves that I guess for me, you know, especially you come into like stereotypes or really strong character types, like the sassy black friend or like the sassy big brassy, right. you know, and that I feel like it goes the same way for for gay characters, you know, they feel like they have to be these you bright into a box, you know, and shit rainbows and like right. th- that's not always the case and that but as at the same time as an artist when you're given a character or a role that um gives you the opportunity to spread your wings in an area or part of yourself that you've never had the opportunity to experiment with or Hmm. maybe it's not you but you get to pretend i mean it's all about yeah it's about playing and imitating life yeah that's what it is also acting is trans uh, transformative it is. so yeah. i don't know i have many opinions i don't want to play only gay roles for the rest of my life sure. but that's what i've done with the yeah. majority of my career yeah. in my success i found success in playing gay roles but also i've never mm. really i was in the closet and i'm from a small town and smaller town in georgia but i was always like embraced and i was always allowed to be myself like my parents were amazing i you know I never was forced into like a church or anything. Like, who do you want to play? What's your dream role? Right, especially now, like you know, for actors, Broadway is so frequently like the the top of the pyramid. It seems right. Like, I'm excited to not do a musical. Honestly, oh. I think I love music theater, and that's something that's come easily to me. But honestly, for for me right now, the schedule after I bur- really burned myself out doing Mormon for that long, and sure it's different being able to create a role and then to, I was nominated for this role. I, it, it's a little bit more special for me, but 
uh, the eight shows a week of a high intense musical playing like a teenager, which yeah. is exhausting, yeah. mm-hmm. is something I'm a little bit ready to move away from for a bit. So we'll see. Cool. Somebody hire Greg in a, I don't know, like deep dramatic drama. Um, make that. We got to ask some, some questions yes. from not us. We have some um, we fan have questions. Are these fans? Do they um, know Greg? Or are they just? I think, I think you most guys just wrote these questions before we go. My questions are. Wait, I want to read one. Okay. Give me. Hold on. All right, here's a question from, who's this person on the left? Paige Dooley. Oh, does she want her, her whole name said? I don't know. Paige. But hey, Paige. From Instagram asks, how do you personally, so that's you, Gray, Me personally, personally, how do you dress for success? Oh. oh. <laughs> it depends on what you're doing. Doesn't well. It? How do I dress for my success? I wear sweats and things that. Are comfortable. Come through comfort. I I always go for comfort. Are you kidding me? Like also, I'm six foot three and like uh, shaped like a linebacker. So like, it's true. I wear things that like I don't have to worry about. Mm. I dress like a gay mechanic. I've said that many times. You know those jeans that have this? They're like sweatpant material. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs to get into those. Oh yeah. Those are. I wear those in the show. Yes. Oh, love that. Just jeans that are stretchy. Oh, there it is. Here's I see where the names are. Here's from. Cameron Endley. Cameron Endley on Cameron Instagram Endley. asks, "What was your audition for Damien like? What did you sing?" Um, I went in with a Sam Smith song. Um, oh, I'm not dope. the only one. Yes, you say I'm crazy. I love that song. And me too. And it felt it, it felt like very Damien appropriate. Um, he's so theatrical, and also Sam Smith's like a gay artist. He's yes. something Damien would sing, right? Yeah. And uh, so I went in, went and sang that on my own. And then as I would come back in for callbacks, they had me sing Damien material. And then I read with the girl that plays Barrett, Barrett Wilbert Weed. I mean, the girl that plays Janice, <laughs> Barrett Wilbert Weed. And we auditioned together. And then yeah, I went in like four times. And then the final callback was like for Tina Fey and the whole creative team. Oh, see, that's why like these questions are different than my questions. My questions are like, what does Tina Fey smell like? Oh. I was going to ask very important. Do you have Tina Fey's phone number? No, she doesn't give anyone. Does Tina Fey have Tony Shalhoub's phone number? Most likely. No. Are you kidding me? Tina Fey is like an Upper West Side mom. She's like the most normal person. So she smells like soccer? She smells like <laughs> uh, Zabar's. <laughs> Lululemon. Yes. And I don't know what else. On a, like on a, on a fancy day, Tory Burch. <laughs> no, she's like, she's everything you want her to be and more. And she's nothing like Liz Lemon. Everyone thinks she's going to be Liz Lemon. Mm. Because how, I think is she, how is she different? She's quiet. She's not like really? a, a kooky character, mm. you know? I mean, that must be exhausting all day. She's also a celebrity, so she's guarded, you know? An actual celebrity, right? Yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a Holly Hollywood celebrity. Yeah, she's like a big deal. Not that you're not an actual celebrity. That's not what I was intending. No, no it's very true. Um, I am not a. But not I mean, a but like, you have fans. How's that feel? You have people like making it's, you cross stitches amaz- and shit. I know that's really crazy, right? It's, it's amazing. There's, uh, they're amazing. Fans are so awesome. They're very young, and I think they really respond to the material. It's like there's actually a yeah, really great message weird. in the they're show. Young, because that's the demographic of the the medium but not like the original medium, no the, right? Right. we grew up with that exactly. show and so i mean we do get a wide range of fans but the ones that reach out to us and the ones that we get to meet a lot are really young because they stage door and they send us fan yeah. mail and that's Ugh. what's it's so amazing one of the best parts of doing a Broadway show is getting 
I remember when I would go to Broadway shows is getting to meet the actors afterwards. You know, you don't watch a movie and then get to say hi to whoever you're watching a movie. That's so true. And so it's like... Unless unless it's a weird movie. And unless sometimes it's a you really... Harrison Ford, I hear, goes to every movie he's in. So you can sometimes... <laughs> Across the country. Love <laughs> that. Just a tour with uh, himself. I know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like, they're so sweet. It, it, uh, it's 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 the coolest part of it and also i get to meet a lot of damien's like young boys that sure. aren't like mm. these gorgeous handsome men that are dealing with their sexuality which is easier to deal with now in 2018 thankfully than it was when i was growing up sure. but they're out of the closet and they're they love theater and they love seeing someone represented on a broadway yeah. stage that's not super super gorge well i always yeah. forget you're also in the show with Kyle, Kyle Seelig's in the show, right? He's my dressing roommate. And we did Book of Mormon together, too. Oh, I didn't know that. He was two years below us in school. Kyle Seelig. And he's he's truly the best. I'm, I, I'm so thankful the, for he's him. He's the heartthrob, right? He, the frob. How many yeah. he's got? I want to see his Instagram. He, yeah, he plays Aaron Samuels. Set my hair like sexy pushback. Yes. Um, but How, he's, he's, he's great. He's so solid. Like a rock? Solid like a Kyle Seelig has... You have more followers on Instagram than Kyle Seelig. How's that feel? Because that's all that matters. I mean, it's How not all it... that matters. It's just the easiest metric for me to look up. But you have God. the, you've got the blue check mark. You've got the certified. Like uh, you're legit. I think my manager got that for me. I don't know how that, all that stuff. I don't that's know. the weirdest thing about this whole process is social media because it is like it's just weird it kind of bothers me go it's, on it's all f- fake you know you you know you're you're curating a life that people get to see maybe i should yeah. be that's maybe that's my problem on social media you need to start creating like this life that you don't actually lead mine's because mine's buck wild <laughs> i know i mean i love when people are super honest online you know what i mean you're like oh, i yeah. just well i just oh wait has this been announced it has i just became a brand ambassador for dr pepper <gasps> i saw that and i fucking Instagram. love dr pepper i know right i forgot that about you so, you're like, a dr pep fan. i'm a freak um and so like now i've started posting so i posted i posted i did a post it's cute well i did the one i did yesterday dogs and yoga of megan's shirt yeah. with those yoga things i was just like oh, whatever i'll do this brand thing and i put it on instagram and it was relatively successful and it spent an entire like 24 hours on facebook with no interactions at all and i was like cool i'm doing a bad job of my bad oh my job <laughs> nobody saw nobody bought dr ever because of you that i will though now. that's the saddest thing you could ever say to me right i, I think know, about sorry. dr pepper like three times more than I usually do. Oh, because of ever me? since you become part of the the Pepper Pack. Thanks, Bess. Yeah, that means a lot. Yeah, thank um, Dr. Pepper. Gray, what's your greatest success from this past week? Mm-hmm. Uh, this past week, um, I bought this really great new umbrella. Oh, what's so great about it? It hasn't broken. It can withstand the it's, New York. It's, it's been <laughs> raining a fuck time. Honestly, that's the only thing that. Oh, an umbrella needs to be successful. Uh, yeah, I've broken so many umbrellas. I got so mad. I want. I like spent a little extra money. That's a huge success for me. Um, also, we didn't talk about this. Is this is the real quick? We're wrapping up, but we talked a lot, a lot about your professional sort of life and success. How's yeah. your How's your personal? It seems a little life. non-existent right now. Really? Yeah, I've. It's been so busy, and the thing that's so amazing about the Tony nomination thing is that you are busy, but then it's also like the double-edged sword of like, you still do eight shows a week mm-hmm. and we were doing press every day. And then it's this huge buildup for this, like kind of little payoff from the outside. It seems very reminiscent of, 
I mean, going to a conservatory, right? I imagine the people you see the most are the people that are involved in the production. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. it is. It's, yeah, you sort of live at the theater. You know, tech is crazy. And yeah. then tech leads to previews, which is also rehearsing and then performing. And when you said earlier, opening. your roommates are also folks from Book of Mormon or a folk from Book of Mormon. Well, well, yeah, my roommate, we did Book of Mormon together. Right. Yeah. So like that's, that's. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I'm also I recharge from being alone. I know a lot yes. of people recharge yeah. by being around other people, sure. but I love my alone time, and so I'm sort of an introverted extrovert that way. <laughs> Buzzfeed calls it an ambivert. Ooh, yeah, it's fun. You can do both. It's fun. Oh, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, here we are again. <laughs> I um <laughs> just riding that wave. So honestly, I need to work on my personal life. When I I like go to do the show, and then I sort of go home and just kind of chill. Yeah. And don't do much. So I'm working better, trying to be better about seeing friends and calling my family and going on dates and, you know, <laughs> everything that you have to do as a human being. But it's hard. You know, it's hard. It's a it's a busy, it's like a hard thing to do. We yeah. have a high intense, high energy musical and we're sort of narrating the show. It's like I'm running around like a chick with my head cut off doing a tap dance. Bessie, we should go see it. We should go see it. I think yeah. I actually might be seeing it this Sunday. We'll see. What? But I also put myself in that. Uh, October third lottery. Oh yeah, yeah. So cross, You're taking me, right? cross my fingers and the we're ten thousand other people. We're that doing a fan performance. In. It's a free fan performance on October third because that's Mean Girls Day. Oh, cool. On October third, you oh, asked me what day it was. I mean, I have seen the movie a few times. I have always seen it in the context of dating someone who was like, "Do you want to watch Mean Girls? I love it." And me being like, "Yes, oh. yeah." Me, it's so. every sleepover ever. Every was, moment, every yeah. you know. I don't remember even watching it for the first time. I feel no. like I just always knew about yeah. it. <laughs> you you are. You were born, Damien. I, I mean, that's when I fell in love with Tina Fey. I was like, she's yeah. so smart. Yeah. Um. Cool. Where? What What do you want to... I mean, so that's an that's a good thing to pitch. There's a there's a lottery for this October third fan performance. Yeah, I think yes. it's still open for a few days. But okay. uh, it's a completely it, free fan. Oh, performance. if it's only open for a few days, this is going on yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, it so. ends on August seventh. Okay. So. Oh well. Right. Well, I hope you did Say. it. Less competition for me. Uh, <laughs> but everything else, I assume, is like www.greathenson.com or like I have a website. I don't do much on the website. Yeah, I'm you know I'm active. I'm active online. But yeah, come see girls and come say hi at the stage director. Do it. And Maybe I'll just go to the stage door, and should... if I don't see the show, I'll just be walking by and go. Oh yeah, you know you're kind. I know I him. Mean, it'll happen. It's, it. it's open for a while for sure. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Gray. Thank, Thank you, you for having. I'm gonna figure out guys. this fucking fucking microphone situation. It's because I complimented it earlier. I said, "Hey, yeah. we figured out all the text." You've been bragging about it, and it's like, "Ha <laughs> 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 Watch this, and also ghosts, and also I hope ghosts. the ghosts. Yeah. Thanks for haunting us, Gray. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs>